Hi, this is William Beaver Bausch, and you're listening to Counting Measures, Passing Notes, a podcast which talks about music, education, and the places where they meet. As I said in the previous episode, I'm a drummer who has been teaching in New York City for the past 26 years. For a variety of reasons, I suddenly do not teach anymore. This is part of my effort to make peace with that, talking with some of the folks who shaped the journey that brought me here. In this episode, I got to speak with Joe Grasso, the man who built the music program in Newtown, Connecticut, built it over more than 30 years, the program which gave me many of the musical skills and opportunities that prepared me for study at Oberlin and beyond. Joe's daughter Amy set up the interview and participated herself as she has followed in her dad's footsteps and teaches music in the nearby Monroe school systems. Thanks, Amy. For me, Mr. Grasso, I still can't quite manage to call him by his first name, was a semi-distant authority figure, probably more due to my introverted temperament than any action on his part. He was the high school band director and music chair. I played in his marching band, his concert band, his symphonic band, his jazz band. I even spent an entire January shadowing him during my freshman year at college, where I learned that I did not want to be a music teacher. Why didn't I remember that? Yet I never realized that he was responsible for the entire music program in all of Newtown's public schools. Multiple elementary schools, middle school, high school. And he set up the visiting artist program, through which I studied percussion privately from grades 6 all the way through 12. Throughout my teaching career, I have often paused to compare the job I was doing with what I perceived his to be. Most times, the jobs didn't even look like they were in the same field, and even more rare were the moments in which I felt like I was even close to measuring up to his example. After Amy and I valiantly battled technology to get a signal worth recording, thanks again, Amy, the three of us chatted about Joe's early life and career, building the program, and how the space music occupies in kids' lives has changed over the years, even in Newtown. How did you first get into music? Did you have a musical family? I know Amy did, but... Uh, I actually got into music uh, because that was the only thing I seemed to do well in high school. <laughs> that and, and, and um, a couple other things, like I played some sports. But, uh, yeah, uh, my, my, my band director in high school responsible for getting me into Boston University because he was a graduate and I was um, I was actually uh, accepted on condition because I I didn't take any college courses or anything uh, but uh, so I went to audition and the funny part about it was that I auditioned on alto saxophone because that's the only instrument I played and they informed me that at that time you couldn't have alto saxophone as a major so I had, to, I had to cram clarinet lessons for the summer before I went to uh, my freshman year at BU. And then once I got to BU, especially after a couple of years, I settled right in and did quite well. That's because the this alto saxophone was like a jazz instrument, one of those exactly. four-letter words? Yeah, my, my junior year, they finally said you could major in, in saxophone. Uh, but before that time, and which seems which seems quite ridiculous, but that's the way it was. Right, legit was not a legit instrument, as they uh, yeah, would say right. at some point. Right, 
Yep. Um, I actually play in a band with Sean Harkness, and he. Oh uh, yeah, right. He remembers he, you fondly, and he was talking about yeah. Stan Kenton. You had. Oh yeah, that was that was my biggie. Yeah. Oh, Sean played what bass or guitar? Uh, I think in the jazz band he played bass, but he's playing the heck out of the guitar these days. Yeah, wow. yeah, he is. I've uh, he, he gigs constantly. I mean, he's constantly performing. Yeah, he's uh, he's relentless for sure. Yeah, I remember Sean. I remember uh, Sean really well. Yep. Oh yeah, there's. It's hard to forget Sean. Um, but <laughs> he was talking about Stan Kenton. So you were you were in Stan Kenton's band? Is that no? No. Well, that's what he's. That well, we'll just say you were, and and you know. <laughs> what what was your connection with Stan Kenton? Uh, just I loved this. Loved the band. I loved the music. When I when I went to BU, I became interested in jazz. Uh, because there were so many clubs in the area, and uh, uh, you know, I started listening to records. And at that time, I remember buying seventy eights, um, and uh, I became just fascinated with the sound of the band, and saw the band a good number of times in person. And that was about it. Was a uh, big band your your main interest, or did you like the bebop guys and the small groups and stuff? Oh uh, yeah, like Charlie Parker, you know, and uh, Dizzy Gillespie and all those guys when the the bop st- stuff started. Uh, I followed that, you know. Uh, a lot of it was uh, my first liking was West Coast jazz, which was a little more subdued and. Uh, uh, Stan Canton uh, uh, and Duke Ellington and Count Basie, that's the bands like that. Right. And did, were you a, a music ed major at BU or? Yes. Yeah, I was a music ed major. So you knew that you wanted to be a music teacher, or that just seemed like the smartest path, or that that seemed like the smartest path. I. I I didn't play well enough to be a, a, an applied major, uh, especially, you know, there was no applied on alto saxophone. Uh, but after I, when I was at college, I did a lot of playing around Boston. And I got to meet some of the, you know, real good Boston uh, jazz musicians that were going to what was called Schillinger House at that time. Berkeley, right? No, it's Berkeley, right. And uh, I started playing a lot of gigs in the area. Uh, and, uh, and then after I graduated, I went into the Army for two years and played an Army band in, in Germany. Wow. And when did you start teaching? Uh, 19, uh, 1957. 57. I taught for three years in Bethel, and then I got the job in Newtown. Wow. And... and uh... So Bethel was it the same, like a band, same kind of program that you had in Newtown, or smaller? Yeah, it was, it was nothing. <laughs> when I went to Bethel, I started the instrumental program there, and uh, it, it just didn't seem to, you know, it just didn't seem ready. The town just didn't seem ready to do anything like that. And then I came to Newtown because they said they had a band, and then after I signed the contract, I found out that they had a band three years before I got there, and they didn't have any band director for three years. So at that point, I got the job in Newtown and started the instrumental program here. 
And this is just high school, or were you also in the other schools, the lower schools? Uh, no, I was doing uh, uh, I was doing junior high, junior high and high school, but they were both in the same place at that time, the center of town. Where the is that? Where the the current middle school is? Right, right. That was junior high and high. But I went down to the elementary schools to start the instrumental program. And at that time, of course, there were only two elementary schools. That was Hawley and Sandy Hook. Right. So that's, you know, I spent one afternoon in each school uh, getting started like that. It was a long haul, I, believe I, me. I bet. <laughs> so I've been teaching uh, for 26 years, which is astounding. Uh, and... I have taken breaths every few years and thought to myself, geez, none of my jobs have remotely resembled my musical education. And, uh, and, uh, and I have lots of issues around that, I think. But from my point of view, you had this whole feeder system set up. And I'm guessing from what you just said that you pretty much set it up. Right. And by the time I was there, it just seemed like, you know, it just, it was a well-oiled machine. Everybody everybody got trained in elementary and middle school. And by the time they got to you, I I don't think I ever saw you have to pick up an instrument. I remember you threatened to pick up a trumpet once just to to, uh, humiliate someone who was not not cutting the mustard, as it were. But uh, you, you built that. Is that fair to say? Yes, from scratch. That is very fair to say. And, you know, after the program started, then the reason, actually, the, I got to point sometime where, you know, I just, I said, this is, this is, a, a, this is really a, too big for me to do, you know, because I, I, you know, I certainly didn't want to spend all my years of teaching building a program, you know, but I got a lot of support from the community after they saw what could be done very little support at the beginning until they saw, you know, what was happening. And then at that point, they became interested and they started to give me quite a bit of support. So as the program started off and started to build, they hired staff, more staff. Um, and uh, that's when we had the, you know, the different band director at, at the the middle school and we had an instrumental teacher in the elementary grades and that's actually when it started so eventually all I did was stay at the high school when I was in the middle school there was Mrs. Whippy in the 6th grade and Mr. Zimmer in the 7th yes and I think Mr. Penyak for one year in the 8th grade but I don't know if he if he stuck around I think I remember hearing rumors that he he became became a mailman right he did (laughs) Right. He became a postman. Smarter yeah. than me, clearly. Yeah, tell me about it. Um, <laughs> so, um, uh, what was I going to say? Um, what was the most challenging aspect of your job? Uh, you were department chair as well as band right. director? Yeah. So, um, was that difficult to manage uh, your, your peers? You mean doing both? Uh, you mean the rest of the teachers in town? Uh, well, I was thinking of, of just the, the high school, but I guess, uh, were you managing all the teachers in town as well? Yeah. Yikes. Well, as, as director of music, that was my responsibility, you know, to call meetings, to have meetings, to find out what was needed, uh, uh, to do the budget for the town, uh, um, 
all, any of that. If there is a problem and, you know, maybe scheduling was not good and I have to go to talk to the principal about it and uh, pretty much that. That, uh, you know, that. that probably was the most challenging part of the job um, because you're dealing with, the, at that time, we, well, I think we probably had about 10 or 11 music teachers in town. And you're dealing, you know, with personalities and all of that business. You know, this one's not happy about something. And uh, so uh, the, the, the band thing, uh, uh, that, was, that was really no big deal. But when you say the band thing, of course, that's like 17 things, right? You've got <laughs> marching band, symphonic band, concert band, jazz band. I right. have no idea what, probably seven other ones. Yeah, very, very time consuming, but you know, uh, it was good, you know, so it, uh, it, I didn't mind, you know, I didn't mind really immersing myself into, into the thing. And then after, you know, like when you were there, it started to carry itself. You know, I didn't have to be a cheerleader. I didn't have to worry about numbers, uh, um, you know, uh, and, and you feed off that, you know, mainly, mainly it's the kids, you know, and, and you realize that even more years after you retire that when you look back it's amazing how many kids you remember and it's amazing how many high points and some low points there were but uh it's always the faces of kids that you remember the most not anything else so if my math is correct you started in 57 three years later so that's 60 you're in newtown right. how many years until it started to feel like because I was there in the 80s, so I'm hoping it didn't take 20 years before you felt like it was finally rolling. Yeah, I'd say I'd say probably uh, 19. I'd say probably about 66, 1966. We had something that that resembled a, a band, uh, and uh, uh, we, in or, you know, in order to get the band out, that was the thing to try to get them out in front of the public. Uh, and I remember like the first time we did the Labor Day parade in town. That was kind of a that was kind of a big thing. But the, the, the funny part about that was that the leading unit in town was the Sandy Hook Fife and Drum Corps, because for years that was the only musical organ. And the high school band was way at the end. And then somebody wrote something into the B saying, you know, they felt that the high school band was more representative of Newtown and that we should be the leading organization there. So uh, that was that. And then we also started playing at basketball games. We had a little, well, the whole band was like a pet band. It wasn't very big. We played at basketball games. So that was good because a lot of people heard the band for the first time. So, so you had not only those bands but you also had this private lesson visiting art yeah, yeah the, the visiting artist when did yeah, that, that get that, put in place right that the visiting artist program was probably the the most important program in the band development because when uh you know when and, and it was amazing how many kids i mean like if you were in the band program you just naturally took private lessons that's the way it was and uh i when you were there there were two bands or one band in terms of the concert band and symphonic, yeah. Two yeah, bands. okay. So, so you know, the, the kids in symphonic band, which were, you know, mostly freshmen and sophomores, 
they wanted to get into the uh, symph uh, symphonic band. They were in concert band. So everybody took lessons because they wanted to, you know, get to the other, to get to the best group. But that program was, I think, the, the, the keystone in regard to the type of literature the band started playing, which was, you know, very difficult literature, and the sound of the band and the whole thing. And, and at that particular point, once the uh, visiting artist program came in, then it just started to, the band started to take care of itself in regard to the development of the program. It certainly worked for me. I mean, I had Guy Dell from 6th grade through 12th. And, wow. Uh, yeah, I'm sure he, at several points, he was like, why is this kid still bothering me? Um, <laughs> and, uh, and he's on my list of people to harass, um, for sure. But, uh, yeah, I've... I've it's it's funny being in New York City and you feel like well I'm surrounded by you know some of the greatest players and teachers in the in the world here, but trying to get kids to study privately was just impossible either just from economic or just kind of a mindset of what do you mean I have to get on a train? Yeah, I think that probably um, you know I I don't know for sure but from what I hear. I think that's probably the same situation that a lot of high schools are fi uh, uh, finding themselves in now. That uh, uh, it, it's almost like if you're really good, you study privately, but if you're not really good, you don't because uh, because of the cost. Maybe mm -hmm. of doing it. Uh, uh, there, there are many. There are too many, or or there are a lot of extra things that kids do now that are very time consuming yep. and taking lessons and practicing is almost like, you don't do that. You know, if you're really good, you stick to it and you do it. And, you know, you're probably playing in uh, Norwalk symphony on a weekend, uh, the, uh, that type of thing. Uh, but Bridgeport youth, Bridgeport yeah. youth symphony, right. Uh, that, that type of thing. But, uh, uh, you know, I think an indication of that is that I noticed, for instance, uh, um, when they have pictures of the kids that make all state, there aren't that many anymore. Mm -hmm. And you know, you can't you can't make all state unless you study privately. Right. So it's uh, you know, I think it's that situation, and and uh, uh, kids are off in all directions now, and it just doesn't seem that important anymore to really be good, unless you know you're in the minority and that's your life, you know, learning, uh, playing the violin or playing the trumpet or anything like that. But at that time, you know, when the instrumental program started uh, in school, the visiting artist program, it was like, you know, yeah, you take lessons and you practice, you know, some kids didn't practice very much because they just didn't have any uh, incentive to want to, you know, get into the symphony band. They just loved, liked the concert band. They didn't like the pressure. But most of the kids wanted to get there. And, and, you know, their parents wanted them to get there, of course, because their parents wanted to be wanted them to be successful. You know, uh, it's funny, too, Dad. You know, I've um, I go to the Allstate Music Festival every year, Beef, to, uh, um, you know, listen to the band and things like that. And I, I know that I've mentioned to my dad over the past couple of years that the musicianship of the kids, I think, has gone down. Really? Um, yeah. Um, and even, was it two years ago, I went to All New England. Yeah. Um, 
because my former band director from Yukon was the uh, guest conductor. And I remember having uh, lunch with some of the kids and there were a number of uh, player, a number of kids from Pennsylvania that I was sitting with and they were all seniors, you know, and I asked them what instruments and I, I, you know, asked them if they were going into music in college and they all said, no. Right. And I said, well, what are you guys going into? You know, one was engineering, you know, one was, uh, you know, for computers, technology, one was for business, you know, so I think that's different too, because I know you were in Allstate, right? I did Allstate a couple of years and I did all New England uh, once and they were, they were amazing moments. I still remember one of them. I think we did Mahler's second symphony, the first movement. And uh, like, I'll never forget that experience. But it sounds like you're saying now music is basically something, you know, I'll throw it on my college application so that I can get into I, um, unfortunately that it, that I hear, actually hear that from, from kids and from, um, from guidance counselors, you know, they, uh, they're more interested in having the kids have a more well-rounded experience than sticking in band throughout high school. You know, I, I can't tell you how many kids I've had at Massick that, you know, play for freshman, sophomore year, and then all of a sudden junior year, they uh, drop out to take a computer programming course or a business course because, you know, they think that that will make their resume look better. Right. So I'm sure, you know, you and I have probably dealt with a lot of the same stuff, even though we were at different levels. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot different. It's a lot different than when we grew up. I like to call them the Halcyon days. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Newtown from your, I mean, Newtown is different. The the visiting artist program is no more. Or I I, I don't know about Newtown. I I really don't know about Newtown um, since I'm at Massac. But two towns right next to each other that I think, you know, at one time had similar programs. You know, I know it's a battle keeping kids involved, um, you know, instead of sports, um, you know, they're, they're just so, they're so involved in so many different things now, um, that I think that music takes a hit for that. Well, here I am sitting thinking, you know, Oh, Newtown in Connecticut, they, they must still be, you know, the same place that I left. God knows how many years ago. Well, uh, it's different. It's different. It's, it's different yeah. now. Uh, one of the big changes is that uh, the marching band is a big thing, and marching band is uh, made up of kids that just want to be in marching band. Uh, not, not, no marching band. You don't even practice marching band music during school time. It's everything is uh, two weeks. I think it's two weeks before school opens. They have it every day. And then they meet one or two, I think they meet two evenings during the week and they go through the drills and they're all packaged into the, the marching band thing where they go to a lot of festivals where they're scored. A lot of uh, competitions. Yeah, a lot of competitions. And uh, most of the monies uh, and the band parents, uh, uh, the biggest thing is the marching band as far as uh, fun drives and and all of that. About... Uh, uh, I don't know when it was, but I went into 
the, the high school band director that they had, who was very good, can't remember his name. He decided he, he got an opportunity to teach in go back home and teach in his high school. And that was always the job that he wanted. So he left Newtown like the beginning of August and they didn't have enough time to look for a teacher. They were looking for a teacher. They couldn't find anybody. So the principal of the school, who was Bill Manfredonia, called me up and asked me if I would uh, uh, just uh, take the position for a few weeks, as he said, until they hired a band director. Well, it wasn't a few weeks. It mm -hmm. became like uh, I, I, did, I had to do the, the concert and uh, a concert and the whole thing. And uh, at that particular time, I realized that uh, there wasn't the same type of thing, okay? And it was like being a outsider at that point. I pretty much had to accept the way things were. And uh, I realized at that point that uh, uh, the, the marching band was, was kind of the big thing. And like the other bands were like going to band during period something because you had it on your schedule and you took it as, as part of your, your schedule. Uh, and, and whenever a parent came in from the band parents to talk to the band about they were going to have a, some kind of a drive or for money, you know, try to make money for this and make money for that. Uh, it was always like the kids in the marching band did the program and the other kids didn't do anything so it, it had changed quite a bit but you know i think at least around here it seems to be that seems to be the thing you know the marching band is kind of uh, the the thing that people see the most and uh there seems to be an emphasis on that the one thing i do know is that uh the concerts when you were in band, the concerts were a bigger thing than they are now. I mean, you got people, you know, that didn't even have kids in the band that used to go to concerts. Uh, when I did the concert, when I was filling in, it was mainly just parents that were there. Hmm. When, so, and this was last September that you did this? No, no this, this was, was about... 94? Yeah, 99... No, uh, probably in about uh, 96... 96. And 92. you retired in what year? I retired uh, 92. 92. 92. Yeah, it was 96, 96. Yeah, it was around 96. So okay. I was there for about three months. But, the, but literally in four years, the landscape had totally changed. Well, yeah. Yeah. That's Pretty kind much. of astounding. Yeah. What was it? Four years? Nine, yeah. No, it had to be more than that. Did you have any of the kids, yeah, like it, any of the kids that no, were seniors? No, no, it had okay. to be probably about eight <laughs> years because because Jack Zamry was there for about three or four years, and then they mm -hmm. had another band director right. after him, and then I went in. So it had to be seven or eight years after. But still, that's, I mean, I don't know. Looking at something and saying, I built this over 30 years, and six, well, seven years later, it's... It, no. Yeah, the, the one thing that was there was the numbers were still there. I mean, there were still a lot of kids involved, but the the uh, the emphasis and uh, the, the the way the program was was different. And, and I'm not surprised because you know when you have one person that's been there as long as I was, then everybody pretty much knows what to expect before they even get into high school. 
And when you have changes of band directors, uh, there's, you know, there are different emphasis uh, with the band director and uh, that, that particular type of thing. So uh, it was, you know, it was a, a very different experience. Uh, and, uh, uh, but the, the importance just didn't seem to be there. Yeah, I think an example was that when I retired, uh, I was teaching privately for quite a while. And, uh, I mean, there was some time when I, I had a good number of kids. And as the years went on, I don't know if it was me or if it was the, just the program, but as the years went on, I, this, I started to have fewer and fewer students. So until one point that I was down to maybe two or three, and I just stopped teaching because I never knew when they were going to show up or what the story was. So even in, in the Newtown area, the culture has changed a lot in terms of music. As, as far as, far as, uh, uh, as, far as uh, uh, I think, the, 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 uh, uh, the program being out there in the town, I, I don't think is the same. Uh, uh, but, you know, I wouldn't go so far as, uh, you know, I don't want to make statements because I just haven't been part of it for so long, but it's just what I see and what I saw when I went back to, to teach for a while. Uh, but it, I, 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 the change probably has not been so much the people that are teaching, but it's just the way people think about high school band, you know, and high school chorus and high school, uh, you know, orchestra. It, it's just a, a different type of thing. Let me ask you about uh, classroom management. I never saw you uh, have to manage a classroom because basically we were all scared shitless of you. Um, <laughs> was there a, was that a learned skill? Is that just the benefit of being in the same spot for a long time? Or I think that was pretty much it. You know, that was pretty much it. Uh, I probably had more discipline problems when I first came to Newtown. I did. Then the cameras here. So. Then uh, uh, you know, af after I'd been here a good number of years, you know, it was. Uh, um, uh, but part of it was due to the success of the program. You know, I mean, kids. You know, if they were in band, uh, their parents wanted them there. They were taking lessons, and they were interested in uh, you know, staying in the band, and and uh, so there was there was no discipline problem. Plus the other thing is they didn't have to be there, you know, right. Uh, you know, I used to, some of the teachers that I would talk to, you know, I'd say, well, you know, they, you know, they'd say, well, you got an easy job. You know, you get a lot of publicity and all that jazz. And I, I'd say, well, you know, I have these kids probably for as much time as they spend at home. Uh, you know, I have them for four years and, and, you know, we take trips, we do concerts and blah, blah, so on and so forth. So I get to know them pretty well. And some of them, you know, are, uh, uh really, uh, uh, really enjoy the friendship. Uh, and so there are no discipline problems. Uh, that's not saying there, are, there weren't any, but I mean, the, the amount of kids that were involved compared to the amount of discipline problems I had over the years was just uh, just amazing, you know. I, I can attest to that. I mean, the idea of having 80 to 100 kids in front of me is not something that I would be excited about. 
yeah. in any any universe really right right were you what what was the uh what's the buzzword these days accountability were you observed by administrators like did they just kind of leave you alone what was your relationship like with the administration well the 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 it changes over the years because you go through so many administrators that they all know that you've been there long a long time uh that you're you know every you've got you're well known in the town because of being out there with the kids, and so you have a lot of uh, you know you you have not authority, but I mean they just leave you alone because they figure well if he's been doing you know all of this stuff and and you know uh, he's well known in town uh, as long as there's nothing that he's doing wrong you know uh, that that type of thing. Uh, so I would say, you know, my relationship with the administration, for the most part, was very good. The only problems would be uh, when, as director of music, I would have to uh, try to uh, get on a soapbox and discuss why they shouldn't cut this from the music department and, you know, cut these teachers, cut that program, that type of thing. But for the most part, uh, you know, I think I went through like four superintendents and probably four or five principles in the amount of years I was teaching. So that, that has a lot to do with it. Did you have to uh, adjudicate the other music teachers at all? Yeah, that was part of my research. I had to, I had to observe them at least once a year. From all of them, like elementary school, middle school, everybody. Yeah, and there, there was a, you know, there was a, a form that the administration came up with that I had to make out. And if there was a case in which they were questioning, for some reason, the, the work of a teacher, then they, they would ask me to come back more than once, you know, to see what was going on and that type of thing. But that was my responsibility. I had to turn in uh, evaluation, uh, evaluation uh, paper on each teacher at least once a year. Hmm. Amy, does that resemble your experience? What was that? Uh, I wondered if Amy also has the same experience or if she's finding uh, the accountability and the observations to be a little bit different than, than well, what you Well, you know, it, it's so different now, you know, because the evaluations now are mandated. So, um, you know, I, I think there was, I think teachers were observed back, you know, when we were in high school, but I don't think there was, it, it kind of wasn't as stringent as it is now. Um, I, I, you know, based on, you know, I don't know what the standards are for uh, where you're teaching or where you were teaching in New York, but depending on your experience level depends on how many times you get observed a year. Uh, I, I think as a music teacher, well, first of all, Monroe, we do not have a head of music, believe it or not, in the town. So we don't have a person that is uh, in, in charge of observing and, um, you know, um, following all the teachers, you know, um, in terms of what they're achieving in the classroom. Um, so who obser observes you? I have a, we have a, a head of music at, at Massick. 
who is not a music person. It's definitely not a best case scenario when when you are an arts teacher and somebody who's not in the arts is supposed to be giving you feedback and uh, making you be more effective in the classroom. I mean, she's very nice, don't get me wrong. And, you know, uh, I would say probably more than most um, people, she, she, you know, she can handle um, observing a music teacher, but it's not a music teacher still, you know. They don't have the vocabulary. They don't have the, you know, they don't have, um, you know, the experience doing what we do. But they acknowledge that, they're not experts in your field and they're going to observe you on whatever. Do you guys use the Danielson rubric or something like that? Yeah, I think they use that. But then um, the state of Connecticut also has um, their own uh, guidelines. So, you know, it, it pretty much, I mean, all of those observation, all the observations that, that are done are, are pretty much based around the same things. You know how they are in the classroom, using questioning for kids, checking if they're understanding. You know, all those things are about the same. I think it's just putting a blender and spit out and just called something else. Um, so, you know, we know as a, as a music teacher, you know what you're looking for. You know what they're looking for. But more importantly to me, I've always been like, you know, I'm a music teacher. This, this is what I need to do in a rehearsal. You know, I, I, when somebody comes in and observes me, I don't change the, what I do because, you know, if you're, if you're doing well as a teacher, that should be the case anyways. But, you know, I, you said you had made a comment about, um, how hard it was being within a program or teaching in a program that wasn't like it was when you grew up, you know, and I find myself trying to teach in a program like the program I grew up with, and that's not possible. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's, um, you know, I, I think that you try to do the best that you can, you know, the times are a lot different, as you know, um, with teaching and, you know, what you've talked about already with kind of commitment level. This last school, I I was just kind of like, wow, there, there's these observations, the, the, iron-fisted application of this Danielson rubric as if mm -hmm. it's absolutely, you know, holy scripture here and it applies right. to everyone equally. And, um, you know, I think of like a band, a regular band rehearsal, like, you know, trumpets, take it measure 43, you know, and, and I didn't have that kind of a band, but mm -hmm. I imagine if I were observed in that, it would be like, well, what does everyone else do while the trumpets are at measure 43? Right. <laughs> it's like, will they sit there and shut up? What else are they going to do? Right, right. They always want the kids to be on task and doing something all the time, which is very hard to do in a band rehearsal. Um, it's uh, it definitely it's a different way of thinking that music teaching is supposed to happen. And, and I think that there's a lot of teachers that have been, you know, not buying into it, let's say. You know, a rehearsal is for one thing. It's to perform, it's to rehearse, it's to learn. Um, and there are those times where everybody can't be involved at, at the same time. You just That's just the way it is. You know, um, I think back to uh, 
times when I was in college and even in high school when, you know, remember when we played an orchestra, you know, you'd be sitting there for measures and measures not playing. Orchestra, are you kidding? You're counting to <laughs> 4,003 before you whack the triangle. Exactly. Then count so another think, think of how that would have gone over. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, have, you have a student sitting back there that hasn't played for 15 minutes. It's not my fault. It's the composer. <laughs> <laughs> right. This should be a triangle concerto. Everyone knows that. Exactly. Well, I, yeah, I, I was just a little mystified, and I just kind of uh, felt very sad, not just because I, my ratings were brutally low, but just, like, is this the kind of people that we're trying to create here? Like, you can't, you literally cannot be left unattended for five minutes. I know. Well, you know what? Things have changed a lot. I mean, we've been teaching for about the same amount of time. You know, it, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable how much things have changed. It must be a measure of my great naivety that I feel so shocked by the idea that Newtown has changed so much since I left 30 odd years ago. The place I grew up and its current incarnation are two very different things, no doubt. And I did visit a fair amount until my mom moved away in 2013, so it's not like I haven't seen the place since graduation. Regardless, I shouldn't need my ethnomusicology degree to realize that my hometown is not immune to social and cultural shifts. Man, that degree has not been helpful. But I digress. With any interview, there's always something I wish I had asked or said or phrased coherently. For example, in my grumpy old man, those were the good old days and we walked uphill both ways in the snow voice, I just said, you can't leave a child unattended in class anymore. When what I meant was... You can't leave a child unoccupied and unaccountable even during the minutiae of a rehearsal that may or may not require his or her active participation at every moment. Well, that seems much more flowy and... Yeah. I also forgot to say the most important thing of all. Thank you, Mr. Grasso. The beast you built in Newtown launched me into a life of music and learning, and for that I am so grateful. As always, if you want to find me, I'm on Facebook... I haven't figured out Twitter or why I should care. And my website is Biva Productions, B-V-A Productions.com. All that info should be in the show notes. And please feel free to share any memories you have of your band experience with Mr. Grasso or with somebody else or thoughts on how the music program has changed around you. Alrighty then, thanks for listening. Thanks again to Amy and Joe Grasso for participating in this adventure. If you end up liking any of this stuff, it would be great if you could click some like button somewhere, write a comment. Maybe then I can get some endorsers and launch my signature clothing line of vintage concert t-shirts and jeans. Peace. Peace.